is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with David Dabin, we continue the conversation on taste, relationships, and being confident of the work you've done. So I hope you enjoy this part two with David Dabin. We talk about this creativity, right? And this taste. And especially within such a, you know, the this theatric theater industry, so much of it is taste and instinct. <laughs> I'm curious, how have you gotten better at listening or paying attention to your own, you know, gut instinct when getting to a fork in the road on a creative project? Ira Glass has this amazing quote that I know has been circling around for <laughs> years about taste and you know, when you're young, you are, you, your taste is what sort of defines you, but you can't always figure out how to get to your taste. And that takes many, many, lots of, you know, trial and error and things. And you just have to keep going to create it and eventually you'll find it. But the reason why you don't think it's good is because you have taste. And I, I think that's something that I've really loved uh, to incorporate into my life. And I'm grateful that I heard that quote and in many ways, I wish I heard it earlier, but I also, um, think if I heard it earlier, I wouldn't have understood it as much as I do at, at my age. And, um, so I, I think that there is something about taste, taste might evolve, taste might not evolve. Instinct is, is private. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, it's also when you're trying to make decisions, it's always easy to go for the emotional one versus the right one. And that can be very murky waters when you're trying to separate the two of them. Um, and, I, and so I, I think that's a, that's a big thing with not just taste, but also instinct is what is the right thing. Um, and um, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know what more to say on that for me, but that, yeah. that, that's sort of what comes to mind in terms of instinct. Cause it's, you, you, I think sometimes we think of instinct as like this internal compass um, that is going to guide us. And I don't think for me, it is necessarily um, a compass as much as a, um, it's almost like a reverse compass, you know, like it's uh instead of it being the thing that's leading me, it's almost like showing me what not to lead to. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard one to describe, you know, cause it's that, it's that feeling when you just walk by a dark alley and you, something says, don't go down it. <laughs> it's not really a, you don't really think about it. It's just, that's what it is. So you don't do it. Um, absolutely. And, and the hard thing too, with instinct is, um, you know, let's say you're working on a project and you're saying, hey, this song isn't right or we need to cut this. And people say, why? And you can also, even though it might be an instinct to say, well, just because I feel it, you can't do that. You have to communicate it. And um, but sometimes you have that instinct first, but you might not be able to puzzle it yet. Um, and so I think that's also an important thing to acknowledge uh, is when when you have an instinct, but you can't quite communicate what that instinct is. Yeah. Yeah. Have you gotten better at communicating that instinct or is it just a, cause you have to like quantify it in a way, you know, and give, it depends on my mindset. I think, um, 
I wrote this musical called Game On uh, with Marcus Stevens, and it's about a, a game show. Uh, it ran in Pittsburgh for 12 weeks, and I was fascinated about what happens when somebody is asked a question. You know, what, what goes through somebody's mind, specifically on a game show, where um, you might be asking them the most obvious question, but in that moment of panic, um, the brain sort of vanishes and you can't quite things. I mean, even in these sort of interviews and these conversations, it's, you might ask me something and it's like, oh my gosh, I know the answer to this, but how do, how am I supposed to answer it? There's that moment of fear. And I was sort of very interested in capturing uh, as part of that. Um, but I think with being able to communicate, there's something about trying to lessen um, that every question or everything that you do is going to make or break you. Um, and that has come with age for me is, is letting go that, you know, it's, it's, it's one part of my chapter. It's not everything. It's not going to define me, especially in the day today where, where, where we, where everything is put up on YouTube and there's lots of conversations. And, um, I think that understanding that just being authentic and relaxing that pressure a little bit does allow you to communicate a little bit more. Um, versus leading from fear or confusion. Yeah. Do you ever get stuck working on a particular project? Do you ever just completely get stuck and have to unstick yourself in some way? Is there any process? always? What's your process, or what what do you tend to gravitate towards to get unstuck? I love getting inspired by other people. So, um, listening to tons and tons of music, hmm. um, I will create playlists and um you know if i'm doing a project i will re i will research that either time period or uh like if it's something in the 60s i might not necessarily find things that just happened in the 60s i will listen to things like amy winehouse that was inspired by you know music of the 60s or um contemporary shows that take place in the 60s that might have more contemporary type of sounds in it um sure or even literally just writing the word 60 in my search to see what type of songs come up, even if it has nothing to do with the 60s. Um, so I find that is very helpful. Um, and just immersing myself, like even recently I created a playlist of everything from my childhood. So like one day I'll be like, oh my gosh, I forgot that song. So I will literally drop it into that playlist um, because it, it's, I, I think getting things that get your mind in a place of, excitement and joy and curiosity um and also the other layer too that has helped me unstick sometimes is is asking questions what are the things you know if you're saying this song must be x y and z what happens if it doesn't need to be x y and z can you challenge that can you remove the thing that you think you need to stand on. And if you remove that thing you need to stand on, does everything else fall apart? And it shouldn't. So I think sometimes asking questions like that, another way that it helps me unstick is through um, giving myself a, a challenge, you know, um, giving me something that's a perspective or something that I have to achieve. And it might not be a public view. It might not, nobody might ever understand what that is, but something that is sort of my own individual assignment. Um, 
and that's where you have to sort of be your own teacher. That's where you have to be your own mentor. That's, and that's, that's what being an artist is, is asking those questions, challenging, giving yourself something to move forward. Cause you know, a muse might come and it, you know, music sometimes just pours out of me and I have no idea where it comes from. Mm. And somebody's like, Oh, that's, that's not really a muse. That's just how you work. Mm. And other times people are like, no, it's your muse. You have to run and catch it. You don't want to miss it. Mm. What happens when the muse isn't there and being able to call that out and what are the things to do it to gear that. And for me, it is listening. It is challenging. It is coming up with questions. It is, um, giving these little assignments. Hmm. Are there any changes you've made uh, that have increased positivity and decreased negativity in your life? Food. I love cooking. Um, I love cooking. I love entertaining. Uh, my partner and I will have some people over and I really find it therapeutic to to cook and bake um there's nothing like breaking bread with people mm. um and the it it takes time to cook so slowing down um i recently went to london uh for the first time and um instantly I noticed that my speech pattern had slowed down significantly. Really? Uh, yeah. I noticed that because, I mean, even as I'm talking, I'm noticing my speech sort of slowing down a little bit more. Um, and I don't know if it's because of the cadence of speech over there, but I noticed that I was just going very quickly uh in general and i think with cooking everything's about timing similar to music um but everything is about timing and putting care into what are you making why are you making it uh you know if somebody has an allergy coming up with something that that they will find delicious and also uh doesn't include something that might make them sick um or uh somebody's from a specific country and um being curious about a food that they love and getting to learn that and finding new spices and the process of smelling and cutting and um, marinating and what it does to the, the home as you cook. Uh, it is so sensory and I love, I love all of that. And then also the time where you're getting to leave it in the kitchen and enjoy each other's company and um, experience food together. That's a really great answer. Slowing down. It's anytime I, anytime I feel my mind, you know, running away from me, if you will, slowing down unlocks so many, uh, discoveries and realizations. Was that just because you were in another country? Was that associated with the food or was that, is that just tapping into the, the culture of, of London? Cause London is a fast, relatively, I consider a relatively fast paced city, you know, similar to New York. It is, but I will say ordering, my partner ordered a, a coffee and I ordered right after and I was listening to him talk to uh, the woman behind the counter and his him talking and then her speed. And so when I stood up, I was like, oh, it's 
I, 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 I actually wasn't, I also was feeling like I saw all the words on the, on the menu and I also couldn't process them. Like I just, my brain was sort of just seeing words and not really reading it. So I was like, oh, I'm just trying to read it too quickly because I feel the pressure of needing to order. There was no one behind me, mm. but I just was like, oh, I have to, I have to order quick. She's waiting. But if I order the wrong thing, it's going to be a bad experience. I'm not going to enjoy myself. Why do I go to a place and order something? You know, it's the same going to a restaurant or yeah. um, we sometimes do things based on pressure of time. Um, and slowing it down allows us to make good decisions, allows us to have a better experience. Uh, it removes that process of what we were talking about earlier, of fear and 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 feeling like everything's sort of gone blank and and muddy and um, being able to, to slow down allows you to articulate and to sa uh, savor and to... Um, to experience and to to also stay genuine to how you feel yeah. it's very easy to feel pressured and by slowing down it really allows you to to not even i wouldn't even necessarily filter but i'd say to process because words can be misrepresented because you can order the wrong thing sure ordering the wrong thing is not the end of the world but you want to be able to enjoy your next meal you want to be able to go out again. And if you keep having bad experiences, you're going to say, I never want to eat out, you know, and there's so many wonderful things on this earth and, and getting to experience them at times when, when we can, people put time into building things. What can we do to appreciate that? And it's through our own individual experiences as well as others. Is there a common piece of incorrect advice you hear <laughs> in life or in the industry? I've noticed, um, I, I've noticed that there's a lot of advice that is interpreted to mean what it means, but it's always heard in different, with different ears. So for example, be confident. Um, that is something I always heard is like, you know, almost like putting on a suit, like just be confident. Um, and, um, or, you know, you're going to sing this song because, um, you don't feel comfortable singing and it has a small range. So that always becomes about hiding versus what are your strengths? Um, and a lot of people in those instances are like, oh, you don't, you don't want to see what, what's behind the curtain. And people can always sense when things are like that, um, Another piece of advice is, uh, is wa watch be having um, of not being specialized. So having too many slashes in your title or things that might uh, be confusing. And I always interpreted that as in your career, you have to only do one thing. And I don't think that that's actually what that means. I think when you have a slash or you do multiple things, it's part of your identity. I started off as a dancer. I'm now creating dance music. I'm also a composer. I'm an orchestrator. I'm an arranger. Uh, I'm a teacher. I'm a music director. I'm a conductor. Uh, I'm a producer. I, 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 I have many slashes. Yeah. And no title, no title encompasses all of them. And 
I'm having this discussion with a with a colleague right now about sometimes we that feel the title is the thing that defines us, and um, I feel like that's something that was sort of instilled in me in this industry is like your title is who you are, and title should always reflect what's on the page. But I I think also too keeping talking about relationships and good relationships, you know letting your work, your, your dedication, uh, your, your good heart and your love for human kindness and strong work ethics actually lead the discussion mm-hmm. on, on things, not necessarily the title. Are there any favorite books or most gifted books that come to mind for you? I've just started reading uh, David Loud's Facing the Music Broadway Memoir. It is such a beautiful book. It is funny, emotional, um, full of amazing stories. Uh, I cannot uh, recommend it enough. I worked with David on Sondheim on Sondheim. Um, so there's a lot of his voice that I, I hear while reading it. Uh, and those that don't know him will get to know uh, <laughs> that very distinctive uh, personality, humor, and heart. Metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to mind? The phrase that keeps coming to mind is slow down. Um, I think that's what I'd probably put on my on on that. Uh, billboard, uh, I think with slowing down, it reminds you to think yeah. a little bit more, to take a bigger picture, mm-hmm. to let things sort of settle, um, to not always make decisions based on emotion and keeps us safe. Slow down. I so appreciate you taking the time to be so thoughtful with these questions. This has been a wonderful conversation. Before I wrap it up here, or we wrap it up here, is there anything else you want to add today? Um, no, I'm just very grateful that you, you, you've you invited me and that you are getting to ask these questions. I think they are so thoughtful and um, I'm very excited that, that uh, you've, you've uh, created the, this and yeah, thank you for having me. People of the world, David Dabin. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.